Let's get back to Team Talk on ESPN Radio 1017, The Team. Yes, let's get back to Team Talk. He's Sam Hauser. I'm Joe O'Neill, and we've got a fun hour in store because first and foremost, we got the top five at five coming up, and we'll take a break, and then we'll get everybody lined up for a uh, great True or False Tuesday uh, here this afternoon on ESPN Radio 1017. The team, the aforementioned top five at five, Sam Hauser, take it away, my friend. We like to keep these as fresh as possible, so this coming down right around the time the show started as we start the top five at five with who's in, who's out. Who is in? Justin Turner of the L.A. Dodgers, activated from the injured list about an hour ago, missed just about three weeks with an abdominal injury, and he is in the lineup tonight, batting sixth as the designated hitter when the Dodgers host the Minnesota Twins. Justin Turner back, so you got Turner back, Chris Taylor's back, Andrew Heaney's back. Dodgers are finally getting healthy. Yeah, and the the deal with Turner is, I, I, I say take your time with him. I'm still high on him. I really am. And Dodger fans have got to be high on him because all he has done is deliver clutch situation after clutch situation. I've doubted him at different times over the years. He's not having a great year this year. But, man, uh, does he give you an at-bat. I'm glad Justin Turner is back. Well, it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like Craig Kimbrell with the Scarecrow. It's just it looks different when the numbers aren't there. Justin Turner it with does. a with a Justin Turner with a a, a, a human looking beard took a little while to get used to. Then you got to be you know you got to be hitting pretty good if you're going to be looking like a normal person again. But it's good to see him back in the lineup tonight again. Uh, Turner going to bat sixth and be the designated hitter. Joey Gallo in the lineup tonight for the Dodgers as well. Will Smith batting cleanup. What a season he's had, <laughs> and he's been in that in the four hole like. For the last two and a half months, you know what I mean? It's not like he's just been moving up the lineup. I mean, uh, what uh, a combination. I mean, his catching, I'd say, you know, probably B, uh, maybe, you know, B minus. He doesn't throw out that many runners. But, man, what a luxury it is to have, like, a catcher with the bat that Will uh, Smith is having. Um, With regard to Justin Turner, yeah, uh, a little bit different stance, kind of like you said, Craig Kimbrell. Uh, with the the what the claw, the what scarecrow, you, the scarecrow. Okay, uh, yeah, uh, no doubt he does his thing a little bit differently too. But uh, you know, J- Justin Turner, whatever money he's making now on his contract, it's from what he has done in the last like ten years as a Dodger. I mean, an A plus. Good to have him back. Uh, even though I'm sure Dave Roberts will continue to move everybody around like he always does. What else, Sam? Well, in an update from a story from late July, the Chaco Taco might be coming back after all. I told you! As it turns out, the Arizona Cardinals, not the only ones to cave from public pressure because the announcement comes out in late July that the Chaco Taco was going to be discontinued. There were concerns of a national shortage, and in Klondike's defense, they didn't want to have it just be in certain places if it couldn't go everywhere. And nobody could have the Choco Taco. But Unlike In-N-Out Burger, go ahead. Right, exactly. But after all the public commentary, Klondike releasing a statement to People Magazine saying that they will reconsider their long-term plans. Thank goodness for that. Uh, long live the Choco Taco. Uh, but I did tell you that th- there could be a little bit of marketing that went into this original decision, knowing that when you're going to take something away, uh, it's going to make people want it even more. You're way too young about uh, uh, here, Sam. But you know, you probably heard about the experiment that Coke 
had decades ago where they said they were changing the formula on a Coca-Cola. They called it New Coke. Yes. It was a it was a, a, a colossal New Coke was a colossal failure, but then when they resumed the classic Coke, like sales skyrocketed. I did and I say Choco Tacos uh, are going to I, too. I think it's on Hulu. It's either Netflix or Hulu, but I'm pretty sure it's on Hulu. There's a docu series called "The Foods That Built America," and one of them was all about uh, Coca-Cola and the invention, and they and they brought up the new Coke. Good for you watching that kind of stuff, there, Sam. I love I, I love those just because one of my one of my goals in life as a child was to be a documentary actor. Because it's like the perfect, uh, it's, it's the perfect place to be. You're not too famous, so you know people bombard you, but you still get to tell people you're an actor. And plus, they they're not very good at it anyway, so I would have fit in. Okay, the whole McDonald's story, and there was a, a movie uh, with Michael Keaton, I believe, in it. Um, Super Size Me. Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, that uh, yes. Uh, well, I, I mean, was that the, about the history? I remember. I don't. I don't know if the, it was that the the story about the guy that started McDonald's. That was one. It was one of the main fast food ones. I'll see if there's a different one about McDonald's. Anyway, look for, look up Michael Keaton McDonald's. Okay, the point that I'm going to make is, I worked for McDonald's in 1978 and 79, which was the wheelhouse for the domination of McDonald's. Okay, it's a movie called The Founder from 2016. That's it. That's it. Okay. okay, okay, that's the one I'm talking about. Uh, you need to watch that if you like that kind of stuff. Uh, it's not a documentary, but definitely interesting. But in, in the late 70s, and I'm sure it went on, and hopefully they're still living up to those standards, but my hunch is it's not, is um, it was such a well-oiled machine. I mean, uh, like, I was behind the grill. I mean, and you were getting a value. Like, every employee had a folder with their name on it, and you were getting evaluated like every shift. Uh the, the way that deliveries came in, the way that things were stored, uh, the pace at which you were expected to uh, produce like the Big Macs, cheeseburgers, quarter pounders, fish fillet, fries, cherry pie, apple pie. I mean, you had to, to you went in there and you were working. You know, you know, you started your shift and by the, when you were done, you had grease all over you if you were in the back like me. Uh, I worked the the perfect shift was the um, the last shift I cl- quote unquote closed because if you opened you had to be there like at four in the morning that wasn't oh, yeah. for me but uh, the closing you know we, bunch of bunch of uh, you know employees about the same age and we had a, a real good time at it and it was just a, a really fond memory but I'm gonna ahead. throw one, I'm gonna throw one out uh, one more out for you it was another one uh, more recently it was on HBO Max called McMillions. So it was another docu-series, but it was all about uh, the this small group of people that rigged the McDonald's Monopoly game and all the millions of dollars that they raked in. <laughs> I I need to watch I need to watch that one. That uh, one, yeah. You need to watch the founder. I, I need to watch that one. Yeah, all right, we, what else? Yeah, we got something. And, and here's the last thing on this whole Klondike yeah. thing. Okay, I'm gonna uh, the 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 campaign of what would you do for a Klondike bar, and it shows the guy shaving off his eyebrow. Yeah. Okay, that to me is a going. Uh, you could. You could come up with other things that are entertaining without going to the extent of watching a guy shave off his eyebrow. Do you I, agree? I would, I would agree with you on that one. All right, let's move on. All what right, is- last one for who is in, uh, just because you know we like to keep an eye on players that we saw here play locally. Former Nevada Wolfpack wide receiver, your boy Romeo Dubs. Remember him from a couple of years ago? He was a fourth-round pick of the Packers in this uh, last draft. 
he has been, by all accounts, he's been one of the stars of the rookies around training camp, around the NFL. Could see himself as a part of that Green Bay offense this year. Romeo Dubs. I mean, he was a. I mean, he was a speed deep threat for Nevada. So why got not? That going let's for him. let's see some of these specialty guys out of this conference uh, continue to bloom. Uh, you know, we of course know about uh, Adams. Uh, you know, Javante Adams being a Fresno State. Michael Gallup with the Cowboys until he got injured. You know, there, there's a bunch of them out there. I mean. Uh, you know, we're looking for Trey McBride this year, the tight end from Colorado end, State, CSU. Yep. Uh, yeah. All right. So uh, yeah, we'll keep an eye on that man. Man, uh, what an opportunity there uh, to catch passes from Aaron Rodgers. I mean, you do your job, you're going to get the ball thrown your way. All right. What else, Sam? All right. As for who is out, just a, a series of unfortunate events for poor Red Sox pitcher Chris Sale. Done for the season, he broke his wrist in a bicycle accident and had season-ending surgery. Uh, the, uh, this is from Pete Abraham of the Boston Globe. Sale was playing catch on Saturday at Boston College. He's doing some side work because he was already recovering from a fractured finger. So he's doing some throwing at Boston College. He takes his bike to go get lunch. He hits something and goes tumbling down a hill. <laughs> what could be more wholesome, whether you're a major league pitcher or you and I, than riding your bike to the park to play catch and then riding your bike to get some lunch and then now you've got a season ending injury. Not even just with. a major league baseball player, Chris Sale. Yeah. You know, hundreds of millions of dollars, Chris Actually, Sale. Actually, thank you for that. Okay. Uh at least it wasn't like a Madison Baumgarter situation who was making millions himself, but he was riding a motorcycle and I'm not even sure if he was wearing a helmet when he had that little dust up. Uh but you know, we hear about freak injuries to players. I mean, you throw this in there. I mean, what would, what could be more innocent? Riding your bike. I mean, the only thing he could have had is like a you know a, a couple of scoops of ice cream in his hand while he's you know in a little r- bell on his bike and basket in front with his mitt and his ball. Oh man, no bad news for the Red Sox as they're continuing to try and get a wild card spot. All right, also out ESPN's partnership with the Big Ten. I didn't realize it had been this long, but for the first time in 40 years, ESPN will not carry Big Ten football after the two sides failed to reach an agreement on a new contract last night. Current deal expires in 2024. ESPN had already struck a deal with the SEC, so we're just doing some contractual network musical chairs. Uh, this, uh, This information, this is from John Oran of the Sports Business Journal. ESPN turned down the Big Ten's final offer, seven years, $380 million a year, comes out to $2.6 billion total. I mean, we've been hearing that the numbers could get that high, and Big Ten looking for seven years, $2.5 billion, and ESPN <laughs> said go look somewhere else. So, uh, at last check, a couple hours ago, not finalized, but CBS, NBC, and Fox all expected to reach a collective deal with the Big Ten. Well, the Big Ten is going to get a lot of interest, all right? Uh, So do I blame ESPN over the years to investing in the Southeast Conference? Absolutely not, okay? But but I just wonder if somebody is going to be called out because say they had an opportunity to extend this deal with the Big Ten um, last year, okay? And they chose to play hardball and not do it. Here's the deal. With the addition of SC and and UCLA, the value of the Big Ten has gone up, like, significantly. Oh, yeah. I'm going to say 20%. I mean, I'm, I'm just going to say, you know, no disrespect to the rest of the unbelievable programs in that conference, but collectively, you add USC and UCLA to the mix, 
and they were asking for how much money? Uh, three. They, they, the conference wanted seven years. Seven years, three hundred and eighty. Okay. Uh, I wouldn't have been surprised if ESPN had come to them like a year ago and said, "Hey, we'll do seven, you know, years, and we'll do it for three hundred million, and the Big Ten might have bought, uh, you know, that deal." Um, now it's up to three eighty, and um, you you know ESPN unfortunately. Well, but we do got to remember they still got them for two more years, right? Right. Yeah. Twenty twenty two deal 20, runs through the twenty twenty three twenty four season. We, we don't know what you know if, if if Fox and CBS and all them are still making a run uh, at them. Um, you know, then you know they, who knows? ESPN may make another run at them. But uh, who who did you have in there? CB. Who else is making a run at them? It's uh it's CBS, NBC, NBC, and Fox. That's the one that makes the most sets you see yeah um, you know they've only had notre dame until except bowl games nbc doesn't have any college football between except for notre dame i don't think they need uh in order to anchor the contract with nbc more inventory and if you can pick up a game that's a big 10 game now you're guaranteed basically eight hours of programming right. every saturday afternoon boom thank you very much and- nbc and you move on down the road have notre dame and a big 10 doubleheader every week you'd be just fine and again espn abc has the sec there's also been talks that they might want to do a little bit more with the pac-12 to cover the the late night games the the midnight chasers if you will last one for who's out uh, just because i know this one's going to be a, a sad one for you joe Paul Brown Stadium, we just got done recovering from Heinz Field, changing its name in Pittsburgh. Now the Bengals' home will be Paycor Stadium. They're a HR and payroll company. Their, their headquarters are in Cincinnati, so there's a connection there. But it's been Paul Brown Stadium since it opened in 2000. And, for the first, and so now for the first time, they'll have a corporate sponsor on that stadium. Okay, real quick. What's the new name of Heinz Field again? Sam? So that one was Acrisure Stadium. Yeah, and, and paid... A gazillion dollars. Never heard of them. Okay, um, and I know they usually do regional companies, so I know we're not really close to uh, Cincinnati. But Paycor, uh, never heard of them. Uh, you know, have you have you heard of Paycor? Not, not before okay. today. Okay, <laughs> so then some companies are are doing just fine. Obviously, even after the uh, the whole uh, pandemic. Um, but yeah, sad. Paul Brown. You know, the guy that started the Cleveland Browns, that's why they're named the Browns. Uh, yeah, he was the guy, you know, and the Brown family had always been notorious for being like amongst the cheapest in the in the, in the the league. Maybe that's why they, they couldn't sell it because they were asking too many uh, for too much money. Who knows? But anyway, it's uh, now going to be, and they're capitalizing on, you know, the success of the Steelers or the, the Bengals last year. All right. What's number four, Sam? Marshawn Lynch was arrested Tuesday morning in Vegas for allegedly driving under the influence. Police pulled him over at 725 this morning. According to TMZ, Marshawn Lynch uh, did not submit to a breathalyzer test. He's now facing a total of four charges, including DUI, driving an unregistered vehicle, failure to stay in the lane, and failure to surrender proof of security. Man, if you're Marshawn Lynch, you're you're getting endorsements from a bunch of different folks, including Subway. Yeah, he's got the big Subway commercial now with Chuck and Tony Romo. Okay, there you go. I mean that that is some good change. Okay, uh, plus a bunch of of footlongs. Um, then the real real dagger uh, for the self inflicted mistake is the fact that the Raiders were wanting his role to grow with the team as well. 
Yeah, uh, yeah. The the arrest comes according to the reports. The arrest comes one day after the Seahawks had announced that Marshawn Lynch would be a quote special correspondent, doing a lot with their media department and some of their other you know multimedia services, some of their in house stuff. Now nothing's been said as far. I haven't seen any comments from the Seahawks, but yeah, just bad timing on that. Right, and let's let's also make it clear. You know, he's innocent until proven guilty, yes. so we still have got to let this play out in the courts. Uh, but, yeah, uh, DWI, 7.30 a.m. Uh, in Vegas for Marshawn Lynch. What else, Sam? Well, speaking of court cases, the court case was off today, often going for Phil Mickelson versus the PGA Tour. Of course, it's a, a grand total of 11 golfers. Uh, that are associated with the Live Tour, that are suing the PGA Tour, accusing them of antitrust violations, among an, uh, another things. They're trying. Uh, three of the golfers are trying to get uh, are trying to get into the FedEx Cup playoffs, which start this week. So uh, this court case is off and going. Actually, just finishing up within the last couple of minutes. Alan Shipnuck, the the author uh, with the Fire Pit Collective, he wrote the book on Phil. He's been all over the trial. He tweeted out. About, four, uh, about a little over a half hour ago, the judge is now laying out a timeline for the larger antitrust litigation. That trial now tentatively set for next September. So, looks like this is going to continue to move forward. Uh, there, there was nothing definitive today as far as the three golfers playing in the FedEx Cup playoffs this week. It sounds like the judge uh, was pretty sympathetic and was leaning towards that last I saw. Still got a couple of days to figure that out, but this trial is off and going. It's off and running. All right, let's keep it moving here. What's number two, Sam? Two. Well, big news coming out this morning. Serena Williams uh, announcing herself in a first-person piece that she is set to move on from tennis. And I say that because I want to, you know, I want to respect the way that she's going off of it. She is not using the word retiring, so neither will we. She she's using the word. Uh, opting for evolution instead, she's 40 years old, won 20, uh, won uh, as you know, won a handful of majors, won uh, 23 major championships. Just Second only to Margaret Court. <laughs> I had to look at my own notes. No, I, I, I yeah, Margaret Court. Uh, yeah, I know who Margaret Court is. You don't. But if you would have like asked me to guess who has more major tennis titles than. Uh, Serena Williams, my guess is like would have started with Martina Navratilova, uh, Billie Jean King, Chris Everett. But hey, Margaret Court getting it done in the majors. 24, more than Serena. And but Serena's playing. She is, and uh, it's nothing's official yet. Uh, the, the talks are is that she's going to try to give it a go at the U.S. Open, which starts at the end of the month. To, to, and if she wins that, then she could tie Margaret Court's record. But just... Uh, a, a beacon of all things athleticism in terms of performance, in terms of uh, popularity, in terms of the the way that she's handled longevity. herself. Longevity. The way that she's handled herself as a public figure, not getting into any kind of, of trouble. I mean, she, she played high-level tennis while pregnant. I mean, everything about Serena Williams is, is what every athlete aspires to be. No doubt. Um, the movie King Richard, uh, did you see it? I, I did. I had very mixed feelings at the end, especially about Richard Williams. I mean, Will Smith did an unbelievable job as Richard Williams. I just, I had so, I, I had a lot of mixed feelings about the portrayals and how much of it was about Richard Williams at the end. Yeah, I mean, it was a good movie. 
It it, it told us it, it told the story well. Thought it was a little bit too much about Richard Williams, but of course, you know, I mean, he's the name of the title. But no, it was King Richard. Yeah, it was a good movie. All right, what is number one? And I have a feeling this is some pretty good news. And I'm actually going to turn our our fun uh, update music off and go the other way here real quick. Uh, because more continuing to update, actually, since I put this down in top five at five, uh, this update from the Albuquerque Journal coming out at about a quarter to four, right, right before the top of the show started. Police in town have a suspect in custody relating to the, the murders of, of multiple Muslim men in Albuquerque. We talked about the story yesterday and Al- and uh, Albuquerque police have a man in custody earlier today uh, we found out that they had the that, that they had believed that they had found the vehicle related to the shootings and now in a more recent update they have a man in custody right and the uh, the information I saw had that um, the Santa Fe or excuse me the Santa Rosa yes uh, police department um, you know it, had, it was Part of the apprehension. Uh, In the the story from the journal, Santa Rosa police told the journal they provided traffic assistance for the arrest just outside of of Santa Rosa as U.S. Marshals and New Mexico State Police took the suspect into custody. Again, this is all from Elise Kaplan of the journal. And uh, right now, no name attached to it. Um, And again, uh, they have uh, they had they did identify um, that they have somebody that they consider to be. Uh, a uh, primary suspect, suspect yes. for the ver- the murders, yes. not a person of interest, but the driver was detained, and he is our primary suspect for the murders. Uh, the chief of police uh, with APD Harold Medina said. Uh, then, uh, so all right, that's uh, uh, let's hope you know that the follow through on that is um, is substantiated and. You know these this Muslim community. We had Tahir Guba on yesterday, and he talked about how Muslims that were attending the University of New Mexico and others were were fleeing the city because uh, they were so petrified of of the situation going on here. Hopefully, this will take care of that.